Hello and welcome to the Forever and Always podcast. I'm Chris and this week we're doing another rendition of Dads in Training with special guest Pablo Garcia. And unlike our other guests before, Pablo is actually a dad. I, I mean, in my mind, I feel like you're always a dad in training because you're getting ready to be a dad when Ophelia is going to be like a teenager or just older. So you're kind of always training to be a dad absolutely my man it's kind of crazy right because you kind of go into having a kid with this idea right you feel like you know what to expect or you have a general idea of what to expect but then when she's actually here she or he when they're actually here it's totally different it's totally different I didn't expect really anything and then every day it's it changes day to day even like one day you have a system that works for you. And then the next day your child is like, nah, like I'm not doing this, son. Like, and they freak out. <laughs> like, yeah, it's every single day you are absolutely a dad in training. Well, uh, before we get into the episode, do you want to kind of introduce yourself, let people know what you want them to know about you? Pablo Garcia, like you said, from Salt Lake City, Utah. Born and raised, uh, grew up a little bit farther from where you and the other dads in training previous. So I grew up in the area of Salt Lake known as South Salt Lake, right off 33rd and 5th East, man. It's kind of a, a funny situation. So we, we probably wouldn't even have met if not for a high school in my area closing down. Yeah, Granite High School, huh? Yeah, so the old Granite High School from that area in South Salt Lake closed down. Uh, I guess there wasn't enough students and funding from the city, things like that. Students from our area ended up being bussed out to Cottonwood. So that's where we met. I guess it's a little more uh, known to be a little uh, lower income community. Uh, there's a lot of government housing as well in that area. We have a lot of great community programs for refugees and and things of that nature. So proud South Salt Lake boy, you know. Cottonwood was the best just because there were so many different types of people there. Like you would get a refugee, you'd get lower income, you'd get people with like crazy amounts of money at the same time. There was just a variety of things going on at that school. And you kind of got a taste of everything compared to any of the other schools, I think, in the Valley. Yeah, absolutely. I think Cottonwood, it, that's what makes it, in my opinion, such a great high school. You have people from all over. It's more of a, a homey feeling high school. Yeah, for sure. Tell us what happened after, you know, we all graduated high school in our separate ways. Like what, what was your path and how did you get to where you are right now? I took a kind of a, I guess, unconventional for my family and uh, for people of my background. I actually decided to join the Air Force, the United States Air Force and uh, straight out of high school. It was pretty fast. And yeah, I actually my first base. So I went to basic training in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, 2015 did that and and that was an experience in itself I mean a lot of people give uh, Air Force guys a lot of a lot of shit but you know basic training is tough and and you're out there and you're and you're doing the thing so uh, after that I actually ended up doing my upgrade training for my job in Florida in Pensacola Florida so I was there for just a couple months before I eventually, Got my first orders out to Japan. So I went to basic training for eight weeks, went to uh, my job training or technical school is what they call it for three months and then was living in another country. 
I was living on the island of Okinawa, one of the smaller islands in the Ryukyu chain off of mainland Japan. And I was there for two years and it was quite the experience. Yeah. I remember calling you when you were out there and you had some crazy stories. Yeah. I think that's like, uh, that's an amazing like life experience to have, even though it might've been like high stress and <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was a little high, you know, I mean, it's just because of the proximity to, uh, certain other countries over there in the area. Um, but it is what you make it. I had a good time out there. Probably should have been a little more responsible, but you know, as a young 18 year old, you do some things that, uh, I wouldn't say regret, but you don't, uh, bring them up too often. <laughs> And then, yeah, man, I, uh, after that, I got orders to here. I'm currently living in Vegas. So I've been here in Vegas since 2018, January, just working. Um, and a lot of things happened in that time. I got married to my beautiful wife, very supportive, beautiful wife, Cynthia. And we had a baby. We bought a house. Uh, life kind of came at us pretty fast, but I feel like we, we got a good hang of it and we're doing what we can. Yeah, for sure. That's a, uh, that's crazy. How do you feel? You're like a relatively young dad. I feel like our parents probably had kids younger than we did, but I feel like people are straying away from even having kids at all, like especially people from our generation. Yeah, I think so. That was actually, it's a pretty hot topic. So I'm actually in a little dad's group, right? So a couple of other dads and I'm the youngest guy by far, which is good and bad. A lot of people are age just because of the economy or things like that are kind of headed away from having kids because it's it's too expensive, man. Honestly, the housing market, things like that. So it's hard to, uh, and this is why I like this segment on your show, because it's hard to talk to guys our age and kind of get that dad advice. I feel like it's different, like Carrie was saying, for the older generation. I feel like they raised us a lot different than you would or then I would raise a child. Yeah. And I mean, our parents raised us without the internet for half of our lives and then they got the internet. So it was a whole other world when we did have the internet and we were in high school. So I couldn't even imagine having that sooner or younger, like just the crazy things on there and the things that you can do and not even think about like the long-term effects and whatnot. Right. So I feel like I'm, I'm a pretty relaxed dad, right? Like my daughter has a lot of freedoms. But where I feel like I'm really uptight is the internet, the iPad, the TV. And I'm going to, maybe this is a hot take. So I don't know. I might upset somebody. Just a warning. (laughs) I kind of keep her away from the Cocoa Melon and the, and the Paw Patrol and the iPad as much as I can. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing for kids to enjoy those things because they have their benefits for sure. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of the reason why is I don't want to sit in the living room and, and watch Coco Melon for eight hours a day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've kind of, I don't know, I feel like as a parent, you have a lot of power over what your kid gets into, especially when they're young. Like my daughter's one and a half. So I kind of control what she watches me and my wife. I kind of guide her away from that because I don't know. I just, I personally don't like it. I kind of want her to run around outside, you know, or we'll go we'll run to the local basketball court and hang out there for a couple hours instead. Yeah. Just be outside. Yeah. No hate on the Coco Melon watchers. No hate at all. I like that take because I'm not sure how I will be like, I'm sure there are times when you're dad and you, you know, she might be crying at like dinner and you're like, Oh, I could just throw an iPad in front of her face 
and she'll be fine. Or I can actually be like an actual parent and teach her not to be doing this in public, wearing it almost like it's just a phase like you have to go through. Like I don't have a daughter or like a kid, but I know with Rocky, our dog, she's taught us a lot where you go through phases and you just have to teach them better. And if you don't expose them to those situations, then you're not, they're never going to learn. I agree a hundred percent. Now don't get me wrong though. If we're out at dinner and she's freaking out, I might throw her, I might throw her a little Moana, a little Monsters Inc. to to settle her down. But it's a great tool, but it can be, it can be abused for sure. And I think that's something at least people like millennials, guys our age have a benefit of knowing the dangers growing up with the internet and now kind of seeing what it's done to our society and like how people view it, how we might've misused it or know what the power it has. It kind of helps us know what's good and bad for our kids, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Cause I remember, I don't know about you, but I remember cutting class in middle school and heading over to the one dude who had a computer in his house and and you guys, five minutes into the computer, you're watching some gory stuff or some crazy like... Someone's getting their head cut off or... Yeah, some cartel video. Dude, you're 14 years old. It's like, what's going on in here? Yeah, exactly. And then kids are even... You could see that even younger now. So it's like... Yeah, I'm, it's scary. Having a daughter and having this be more of a real thing to think about. Like, when are you going to give her a phone? Like, what's your your thought process on going about that and like keeping her like not like a weird kid but also like cool with like everyone and like have her have a similar upbringing as everyone else right yeah man it's hard there's a lot of pressure right and then and a lot of parents won't admit it but i feel like there's a lot of pressure to be a good parent and to make sure you don't i guess air quotes mess up your kid you know like you don't want your to give them the total freedom of being on the computer or the iPad or giving them a phone too early. And then by give, by doing that, by giving them access, uh, an unforeseen circumstance happens where they're in trouble or they're looking at things they shouldn't be. So yeah, I feel like me and my wife, we talk about it a lot. I feel like a good age is, is right around middle school for her first phone. I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth because things change every day with, having maybe giving her a phone that has limited access or having the privacy settings set to the max or giving her just a good talk and and teaching her and having her be responsible for her own actions. I think that it's a mix of all those things, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we raise her up to be the type of person that we won't have to worry about what she's looking at. And we'll be able to give her some, some freedoms with her own phone, but at the same time, maybe having some privacy lock on there or limited screen time. Yeah, just to make sure she's not like just on it all the time. And I know I know, growing up, my dad and probably your dad too would always be like, get off the phone, you're always on the phone. And it was before even internet and you were just texting people and he was like, are you serious? You're just on the flip phone, just typing seven, seven or, you know. Yeah, man, I was shooting off smiley faces, dude. <laughs> all day dude so yeah i feel like uh it's gonna be like that for us too i mean we're gonna see we're gonna be like yo little chris man get off the phone let's go let's go shoot some hoops man do you see yourself like yourself and your dad in your parenting style and some things and like yes and no yeah i feel like i do but i try to kind of tone it down and my wife will check me too she'll be like yo man you're acting like your dad right now you need to 
You need to pull it. No, but yeah, I do. And I feel like he gave me a, the all the freedom. Like my dad, so a little background, I guess, is um, he's a single father of four boys and would work all the time. So we had pretty much a lot of freedom to do and get into as much trouble as we wanted to. So I feel like that was kind of the extreme. Like, Yeah, and you guys turned out great. I feel like there, there's almost a benefit to that because you learned some things that you're glad you went through some of those things just as a kid and you were a stupid kid compared to just a stupid young adult, which makes the biggest difference. I think that's one thing. I remember when we were in high school, someone older than us told us like, if you want to do stupid things, you do it now because you, as soon as you turn 18, you guys are screwed, you know? And that's not like always the case. Like you don't want to do something too stupid, but for the most part, that was pretty smart. <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah. No, I, I definitely believe in you. You got to give your, your kids room to grow and to make mistakes while they're young. You don't want to be too overbearing, be the hover parent, you know, be, you know, the, not that there's anything wrong with it, but be the, uh, the parent where you got your kid on, on the, on the kid leash at the park and everybody else's kids running around, you know, you got to give them a little room to, to fail and to make mistakes. Cause like you said, they're going to be stronger for it. You know, you make a mistake and while you're young and, and obviously if it's nothing crazy, there's, there's not too much, uh, consequences for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so do you think you're going to have more kids? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think just one more. I wouldn't be mad if, if we didn't. I just think it's a lot to um, to deal with. and It's a big responsibility that people take for granted, I feel like. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a big responsibility. And, and I enjoy um, the fact that we have a lot of freedom because she's a good kid, man. She, she really, even from a young age, has, we haven't really had to worry or suffer too much with her. Like she, she gets things pretty quick. So I don't know. What do you think? How many kids do you think? Um, I don't know. Me and Katie have talked about it. It depends on like the boy to girl ratio, but we were thinking like three to four, we want at least one of each. Yeah. So it's like that fourth ones. If we have too many boys or too many girls, like, you know, just all girls are all boys and we'll see. It's also like one of those things where we would want to plan it out better. And that's why we still haven't had kids. Cause we're just like trying to like save up enough to have that luxury. I think it's almost like a luxury if you think about it, like to have a kid, cause it's such a part of life, but it's also such an expensive part of life, such a big responsibility. And if you're not ready for it or like actively thinking about it, it could definitely bite you in the butt and you don't want to make a human, not a great member of society. I feel like that's such a, that's something that a lot of people don't really think about. They just are like, it's a stupid kid. It's whatever. They're going to figure it out. But it's like stupid kids eventually turn into like stupid adults if they don't figure it out soon enough. Right. Absolutely. Like smart people are not having kids. They're like, there's too many kids out here. It's a too big of a responsibility. I don't know. There's a lot of smart people that do say they want kids, but people who tend to have a lot of kids aren't necessarily like that smart about it, you know? So it's like, if anyone's going to have a kid, I'd rather have someone that thinks that they shouldn't have a kid because of X, Y, and Z than someone's like, yeah, let's just have kids for having kids. Yeah. Yeah. I guess people just don't realize that, man, it's expensive. Like, um, diapers, 
they go through clothes, man. You buy you buy a onesie one week, the next week it's way too small. They grow, they grow and grow. So yeah, it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility and financially. And not only that, but one of the biggest things that I didn't see coming was the strain that a child is going to have on your marriage or your relationship uh, with your partner, just by the simple fact that you're both going to be stressed out. You're going to have the anxiety of, man, I got, I'm responsible for keeping this little person alive. Mm -hmm. It's my job to make sure this tiny person doesn't die and is healthy, is happy. Right. And so every single relationship that you have, whether that be yeah, the relationship with your wife, your girlfriend, even your friends and family has to take almost a backseat to a newborn. So I feel like it's really important to make sure you have kids with someone that you're you're sure about. Make sure you have someone that is going to be there for you, and I guess, as a parent, but not only that, but as a partner and who is going to be there when it's 3 a.m., and the baby hasn't slept, and then she she blew out her diaper and she threw up, and now you're it's three a.m. You, you're covered in dookie, man. You know you're covered in dookie. You got work at seven in the morning. You gotta clean the baby, clean yourself, clean the sheets, get everybody back in bed, and then oh shoot, now the dog is barking like you woke the dog up, so he's mad at you too. Your girl's mad at you because you smell like Dookie and you're trying to kiss on her. <laughs> Come on, man. What's going on? So you got to be ready. You got to have a secure relationship with your girl. And then you have to be secure in yourself, to be secure in your own abilities as a, as a man and as a partner, as a husband, as a father, because you're, you're going to be tested for sure. But that's, I mean, that's the beauty of it as well, you know, not to get too deep, but You'll remember those times later and you're going to miss those times. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to, when it's 3 a.m. and you wake up and you soothe your baby back to sleep and it's just you and her. um, And finally, you're just, you have this victory of I put this tiny baby to sleep and now I'm going to go sleep. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's an intimate moment that you don't get to share with anybody else, you know, you and you and that crying baby. And so I don't know, it's it's a beautiful thing. And it's a scary thing all wrapped up in one. One of the questions I had, like, how crazy is that bond with your, your child? Like, when she came out of the womb, did you just immediately have that? Or when you held her for the first time, like, explain that bond to me, like, how much has your life changed? And like, your priorities changed as soon as she came out? Right? Yeah, this is a good question. Um, I want to kind of tell you a story. So uh, we're in the delivery room and we are going through the motions. My wife, she's getting dilated. She's doing a good job. Um, And we're almost there. But then it kind of, it didn't work out. And uh, we had to go into an emergency C-section, you know, and you're nervous. You're scared. You're like, yo, this is crazy. Like, I don't know what could happen. And you go in there and then everything worked out perfectly. And, and the, the baby comes out healthy. The mom, she's healthy. They hand her to you, you know, and you're standing there like, oh, snap. Like, I'm a new, I'm a dad. This is real now. Like, 
those nine months fly by. Um, well, for the dads, I mean, obviously, the yeah. <laughs> it's a lot different. And, and women are the strongest beings on this planet. But they, the doctor hands her to me, right? And she opens her little eyes. And I freak out, man. Like my heart drops because she opens her eyes and it's like clouded gray eyeballs. And I'm like, yo, doc. I'm like, yo, she's blind. The baby's blind. Like, check her out. Like, what's going on? And he's like, no, like, don't even, don't worry. Like, when she starts opening her eyes and, and the light hits it, the color comes in. So you can actually see the color coming into their eye. Craziest thing. Wow. I thought it was like a, f- a film that comes off or something. Yeah, it, it was kind of a little mix of both. Honestly, I um, I was shooken up. So, <laughs> but it it's, it's crazy. And you, and you see that happen. And yeah, definitely. It, it just, you get this feeling of, I don't know how to explain it even, you know, where you kind of are happy, you're grateful, you're scared. You feel a lot, your life changes and your responsibilities and my priorities have definitely changed um, because now everything I do, I kind of, I do it with the thought of, is this going to benefit my daughter? Is this going to benefit my family? It changes your whole world for sure. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's going to be a crazy feeling that I kind of look forward to. I know there's like certain things in life that change how you feel like when you get married, like when you maybe graduate or you move to a new town, there's like such different feelings that you have, but that feeling seems like the one that's just, it almost trumps all the rest because that's like half of you, you know, that's you helped create that. And you almost feel, I'm sure you feel like so helpless in in the hospital. Like that's what I dread is like, you can say, yeah, you're going to be fine, but you really have no clue. You have no idea what's going on. You can't really help other than by calming your wife down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that seems nerve-wracking. But how do you carve out time for yourself or for you and your wife? Because you bring that up, like, it is a strain on your relationship and with yourself probably and with your wife. And then you also have to carve out that time as a family and as a, as a unit. So how do you go about that? Like, how do you plan on keeping that alive while baby O gets grown and has friends and she wants to go you know sleep over at her friend's house but it's like movie night i don't know yeah no you definitely gotta find time and it's different for everybody i feel like but something that works for us is we kind of go out of our way to enjoy the hobbies that we have always enjoyed you have to take that time to enjoy the things that you enjoy as a couple and for yourself because if if you're not doing those things i feel like it kind of starts with that you know it starts at If you're taking care of yourself and you're taking care of your marriage, then you're going to be good parents. You know, you're going to be a good dad. Um, So what I do is every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. or at noon, depending on how how the day works out, I'm I'm at the open gym, you know, and we're running pickup games, me and the guys here in town, to kind of unwind from the week and kind of reflect on how the week went. And then get lost in a in a game and just have fun almost. Right, exactly. And 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 that could be any hobby that you enjoy. If you enjoy riding your bike, if you enjoy painting, just make time to to do those things. Don't don't forget who you are, uh, because it's important, and it's only going to benefit your your family and your and your child. Um, and then same goes for the wives, man. I want to give a a big shout out to to wives and moms all around the world, man, because they, they really make things happen. And I can't say enough good things about 
my partner and everything that she does for our daughter. So in the same efforts that she gives to me to be able to go and have that time, I try to give back to her and she can go get her nails done or hang out in the bath and read a book and unwind so that you can come back together after that and be uh, a happier family. Be yourself and not too stressed. Yeah. 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 So I guess just the main point is don't, don't lose who you are because those things are going to make you happy. And if you're happy in your life and if you're happy in your marriage, you're going to, it's going to benefit your child a lot. It goes a long way. For sure. Yeah. That's great advice. Being a dad, like what's your favorite thing to do with baby O right now? Like, is there something unexpected that you didn't think you'd like being a dad that you're like, wow, this is actually one of my favorite things. And it's like such a little thing. Or is there anything that you hate that you didn't think you would actually hate? Like for me, I'm, I'm so scared of changing a diaper, but who knows, I might like end up liking it. Like I might come down in a system and be like faster. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, definitely that, that those diapers are practice and make sure you get a couple of rounds in because it's going to be, it's going to come at you fast <laughs> but no i think um something that i didn't expect to really enjoy is is just being a girl dad like having a daughter right because i feel like every the ego of every man is kind of like yo i'm gonna have a son he's gonna keep my legacy alive <laughs> you know but i think being a girl dad is perfect for me and it's been everything and more she'll come and right now her she's really going through a dinosaur phase, a lot of little tiny dinosaur figures. And she's doing the roar. She'll come up to you and, and roar at you and run off and giggle and pick up some more dinos. So I guess it's just those little things. And But at the same time, she's got the princess dress, you know. She'll throw the princess dress on and then she'll have the dinos in the kingdom, you know. She's the, she's versatile. Yeah, you know, she's the princess of Jurassic Park. But yeah, it's just those little things that... Uh, you realize that they are people and they enjoy things. So uh, that sounds kind of weird. Obviously, they're people, but you realize that their personalities come out a lot faster than you expect. She's a year and a half and she is into dinosaurs. Like, I never showed her, like, yo, this is a T Rex, man. Do you think it's cool? Like, no, she just one day. She just was like, this is cool. Yeah, you know, I, she just picked it up. So that's uh, a little unexpected thing that I enjoy a lot that I didn't know. I knew obviously that she was going to have a personality and interests of her own, but I didn't expect it to be so fast. And for her to just be this little funny jokester and, and run around and with me. Just be a mini Pablo, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's crazy. But just those little things that you don't expect. And you gotta, you gotta kind of let your kids find their own way. You know, you can't, if you have a son and he's into certain things. You got to support him. You have a daughter and she's into certain things. You got to support him. And it's awesome. For sure. So I guess, how is it being a girl dad? Do you feel protective over her in a certain way that you wouldn't have? Because you came from a house of all boys. It's a very different dynamic. How did that help you figure out or did it not help you? Because you might treat her like you know, toughen up or... It, man, it set me up to fail, man. I didn't know because you've got to be there for bath time and diapers. And I'm like, hey, I need some help. You know, what's going on down here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's been great. I think that <laughs> uh, I needed uh, some good female energy. So I feel like the universe really, really gifted us with her, but nothing that you can't learn. So I do kind of 
push her to be like, yo, let's watch some basketball. Like, let's go. And, you know, the, the, the typical, like, dad things. But I feel like I fell really pretty good into the role of, all right, let's go paint our nails and have some tea. <laughs> A little bit of everything. Get her, get her to see what she likes and doesn't like. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. I feel like um, I'm perfect for it, too. Um, kind of just my personality. And I've never been too too macho in, in the sense of the word. I mean, I guess I've been into conventionally macho things like boxing and, and, and sports and things like that. But I feel like uh, my personality has always been that a little more sensitive. You know, my girl always tells me I'm a cancer, you know, so <laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it's been amazing, man. It's been amazing. That's awesome, dude. I don't know. Do you think you're going to have another kid? Are you going to try and have another kid soon? Like, do you want her to have like a friend to be with or do you want to kind of space it out so you're more set? What's your thought process on having your next child if you're going to? Yeah, I feel like I want to have them pretty close. I feel like now is like the prime time. And uh, it's not like we're we're not trying to get, you know. Um, but yeah, I feel like if we are going to have one, I'd like them to be close because I feel like I know a couple people who... They're, they have siblings who are like really a lot older than them and they just hate them. Like they absolutely hate them. So yeah, they like barely know their own brother and you're like, how, how though that's you live with that person. They're like, Oh yeah. But they're like, it's so much older than me. I don't really know. Yeah. They're into like nineties things, you know, I'm a Gen Z now, but yeah, I think I, we'd like to have her pretty close. I think two year difference, two, three year difference is a good good range i know you and your brother are pretty close yeah like uh, a year and a few months oh that's perfect right there how did you enjoy that did you you and i know you and andrew are pretty close yeah i don't know i think i would give it either the same amount or a little bit more time because we were so close that it was like you get to this thing where you also have to differentiate yourself from your sibling certain things where i'm like maybe a few years either closer or further apart would have helped, but we were like so close, but you go like through that with all your siblings, you go through points where you're super close and you're like best friends. And then sometimes you hate them just for whatever reason. Yeah. Your relationship evolves with your brothers and your siblings. So definitely, I think it has its benefits just because it's easier to have them do stuff together and keep each other occupied and like learn from one another, especially like for you, if baby O is an amazing young lady, then she could teach, you know, the next Garcia right. a thing or two, right? So Yeah, I think it would be perfect to keep it a little closer. But I mean, you never know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be an old dad either because there's some dads that are just so old that they have no idea what their kids are talking about. And it's like, what do you even relate to? Like, how do you know what they're doing and how to raise them? You know, because people with really old parents usually got away with like a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. I know a few. So I guess how is uh, co-parenting with your wife? How do you go about that? How do you discuss parenting or does it just kind of happen organically where you're like, oh, she'll take care of that. Yeah, I feel like it was a, a tough learning process because <laughs> I feel like I was like that at first, you know, when we first came home, I'm like, all right, my wife's going to take care of that. But you definitely need some open channels of communication for sure. <laughs> and uh, you need to be as supportive as you can. But at the same time, I feel like you need to know your role as well. It's hard. It's challenging. And you're going to but 
heads at least. Um, I feel like until you learn a good system for us, um, we definitely would butt heads about no, maybe this is better or maybe if we if we do this it'll work and, and then you get worked up and stressed at each other. As long as you have good communication and, and you guys are able to work things out and okay, kinda identify like, yo, all right, you're good at changing diapers and I'm good at putting her to sleep. So I'm going to take care of that. You take care of the diapers or, you know, whatever it is, uh, leave your ego at the door. You know what I mean? Because you definitely um, are both going to be better at things uh, than the other person. So it's a learning, learning process. I'm sure it's like you've learned a lot about her that you never knew even before like having a kid, you know, like you get into conversations of parenting styles and like certain situations that you might have thought she thought differently about and you end up, you know, maybe not fighting, but like just getting into deep conversation of like how you would handle such a thing or, and I think that's something that people don't really do. They would rather just slide it under the rug and say, yeah, you can say whatever you want about that. But like, I think it's better to have a fight about how to parent than, to just not say anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hash it out, man. You don't want to, cause it'll build up over time. Mm-hmm. It'll build up and, and you will grow resentment. I'm not saying that in, in the sense of like, you're going to start hating your partner, but you know, you're going to have these feelings of even in the best relationships, right? Even in the most secure relationship that you're going to get stressed out at each other, especially when you throw a kid in the mix. So you have to kind of be, open to criticism for sure cuz <laughs> being a new dad dude you're going to you're going to suck <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely going to suck so be open to criticism and 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 I'm sure your partner will also be open uh to criticisms and talk it out obviously uh make sure the baby's nice and good and safe maybe wait till she's uh down for the night and <laughs> and then have your conversation and be open uh, I've learned that lying doesn't help. Something that that I regret in early parenthood is like I would pretend like I knew everything, you know, like you think you know everything and, and you think you know better than your partner, but you're both at the same starting point of this long journey and and you got to be ready to accept when you don't know what's going on and, and, and don't be afraid to take help. Like even having your first child, having the second one, you might think, oh, I've done this before, but it's like you said, a different person, a different personality. So the games might completely switch and you might have to do something completely different. So I think that's something so interesting in being a parent that it's no one's ever good, a good parent or a great parent, their whole like parenting career, right? They go through phases where they might be really good at being a parent for a baby compared to like being a parent for a teenager or something. So I think it's, it's weird. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree. They, they change day to day. So yeah, something that works, like I said, something that works while they're a little newborn, it's not going to work for a teenager going through puberty and knows everything that you don't know. You know what I mean? What do you think you're going to do when she goes to school? Are you going to do private school, public school, homeschool? Like, What's your thought process on that? Have you had that conversation yet? Man, we have. And I'm a firm believer that public school raises raises some successful folks, you know, some survivors. We got survivors coming out of the public school system. But no, I, I think 
I think you explore your options and uh, you make a decision when the time comes. You weigh out the pros and the cons. And I definitely wouldn't be opposed to a private school um, if it's what's right at the time. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, it depends on the circumstance and what it's for. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, public school, look at us, man. We're out here doing our thing. <laughs> we're still we're still we're alive. Dead. We're not in jail yet. Yeah, you know? <laughs> barely. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think it's it's a good conversation to have with your, your partner. I mean, if it's a better decision to go to private school, then for sure, let's do it, you know, but I'm not opposed to, I'm not really leaning one way or another. It just depends. Yeah. What's your final word of advice for someone who's a new father or thinking of being a father? Like what are some tips or wise words of Pablo? All right. I'll hit you with some wise words. Biggest piece of advice that I can give a new father. Don't be afraid to fail. Go through, go through the motions with an, with an open mind. Take things as they come and be as supportive as you can. Be there for your kids. Uh, your kids didn't ask to be born. So you owe them a good father and a good, happy household. I love that. That's great. Well, thank you, Pablo. We'll hopefully catch up in the next year and see where you're at in this fatherhood process. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.